Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Monday, the 19th of February, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be talking about the latest market news with Roman Canciani this morning, and then I'll be speaking to Menzo Pacinci, our head of technical analysis, and getting his latest thoughts on equity markets, and I'll be asking him specifically about Japan today. First up is Roman. Good morning, Roman. Good morning, Helen. So last week was a wild ride for financial markets, especially in the US, where Treasury yields continued to rise after several inflation reports suggested that the disinflationary trend in the world's largest economy had to some extent stalled. What do you make of what we saw last week, Roman? Well, indeed, it, it seemed that Bond markets in particular were caught on the wrong foot uh, last week when it came to inflation expectations. Uh, Both Tuesday's consumer price inflation and Friday's producer price inflation surprised uh, to the upside and uh, both quite substantially, showing that inflation remains stickier than expected. While these figures pushed Treasury yields higher, especially at the shorter end of the curve, equity markets shrugged them off more easily. The major U.S. equity indices ended a volatile week only slightly in the red, with the S&P 500 uh, down less than half a percent over the past five days. And it's uh, worth noting that the tech-heavy Nasdaq index underperformed last week, closing 1.3% lower as some of the recent high flyers were sold off aggressively. In contrast, uh, European large caps rose over the week, uh, closing higher for the fourth time in as many weeks. Right. So let's take a closer look at the fixed income markets. I mean, the price action there, particularly at the short end, has been nothing short of breathtaking over the last week, right? Yes, it is true that the world's largest bond market, the US, extended its sell-off last week. And since the beginning of February, two-year US Treasury yields have risen a whopping 45 basis points to trade around 4.65 today. Uh, but while these mark-to-market losses are certainly hurting many of those investors who bought into the market in January, US policymakers may be somewhat relieved to see that the market's expectations for the number of rate cuts in 2024 are now closer to those of the Federal Reserve itself. This morning, the futures market is pricing in the first rate cut in June. Two weeks ago, it was March. And the number of rate cuts expected in 2024 is now between three and four, uh, down from up to seven at the start of the year. And uh, just to show the change of sentiment in that market, uh, former US Treasury Secretary Lawrence Summers was on the wires on Friday saying that he even sees the potential for the next Fed policy move to be up rather than down. As you mentioned, equities still managed to deliver last week, closing in positive territory, at least in Europe. Um, Can you fill us in uh, with a few details here, please, Roman? Uh, Yes, Europe has managed to outperform the US and by a pretty big margin. The reasons for the outperformance, according to strategists, are a series of stellar earnings reports and hopes or rather expectations that the European Central Bank will soon start cutting interest rates as uh, many economies are showing signs of weakness here. And uh, by the way, the stocks index of the Eurozone's largest companies is currently hovering around its highest level in 23 years, according to Reuters. In uh, in individual company news, the turmoil surrounding Swiss fintech company Temenos continued on Friday, with the stock falling a further 4.6%, taking the week's total losses to almost 32% after a report by a US activist research firm 
accused the company of major accounting irregularities and of manipulating earnings releases. Some of Temenol's shareholders announced over the weekend that they wanted the company's CEO out. We'll probably find more about this drama when the company will publish its earnings after the close of trading today. And uh, Novartis has also been in the news with its uh, CEO saying that the company wants its share of the fast-growing obesity market and is apparently working on the development of uh, what it calls next-generation treatments. If you ask yourself what that could mean for the share price, well, Eli Lilly, one of the leaders in that field, was in the news on Friday after hitting one high after another in recent weeks. Some analysts see Eli Lilly as the first US company outside the Magnificent Seven to reach a market value of one trillion US dollars, which would imply a further upside of around 35% from today's levels. Speaking of US equities, how did markets then digest the strong PPI figures we saw on Friday? Uh, yes, well, the, the, the S&P 500 closed uh, down 0.5%, but remained just above the 5,000 points mark, with only three of its 11 sectors posting a positive performance on the day, notably materials, healthcare and consumer staples. The laggards were telecom and real estate, both down around 1%. The Nasdaq underperformed, uh, closing down 0.9%, led by losses in Meta and Apple. As for Apple, news broke over the weekend that the company was to be fined around 500 million euros by the European Union after an investigation found that it had failed to comply with European competition rules in relation to its music services. And in Asia, how has the week started there? Yes, Chinese traders have returned to their desks after the Lunar New Year break and uh, there has been some catching up to do with the other markets that have had a pretty good run over the past 10 days. While Chinese onshore markets are trading slightly higher this morning, the overall market or the overall region is mixed with uh, South Korean markets leading, closing 1.2% higher, Japan more or less flat and Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index down around 1% on profit taking. Okay, and what should investors keep their eye on this week then, mainly? Well, yes, with the US markets closed for the President's Day holiday today, there's not too much to be expected, uh, I think, today. So I think the most important data points this week will be the European inflation data, where many are hoping for a further fall, paving the way for the European Central Bank to start cutting interest rates. Otherwise, uh, many eyes will also be glued to the screens on Wednesday, as NVIDIA, the uh, best performer in the S&P 500 this year, up by 46%, reports its earnings and out look after the close of trading. That's it for me. Great. Thanks a lot, Roman, for the great roundup to start the week. Thank you very much for having me, Helen. Now, Menzo, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Helen. Now, I don't think I've asked you yet in this podcast, Menzo, what your expectations are given that this is an election year in the US. What do previous election years tell us we should expect in terms of equity performance? Well, uh, unsurprisingly, of course, uh, the average uh, election year basically has a performance of starting muted into the year because investors are not sure who will be the next president. So on average, uh, out of the election year cycle, so out of the four years, the election year is the second best. On average, the S&P does 7.5% and the majority of the gains basically comes uh, uh, starts to come slightly before the election. So how does it look this year, Menzo? 
Yes, uh, very interesting. This year, uh, January is up, so usually January is not uh, such a good start. And we see that if January is up, basically for the rest of the year, the S&P does 9.3%. If January is down, the S&P is up only 1%. So this implies that this year, the S&P could surprise on the upside and rise more than the historic average of 7.5%. Okay. Um, now, I also want to ask you specifically about Japan, Menzor. The equity market there has seen an impressive rally over the last few months. Um, the Nikkei 225 is now getting very close to the peak it saw 35 years ago. So where do you see the index going from here? Yes, I mean, uh, the situation in Japan is very uh, interesting and as well a bit odd. So yes, the index itself is approaching the highs of uh, the bubble uh, period in 1989. Nevertheless, uh, we have to be aware that the majority of the gains are coming basically from a depreciation of the yen. So if you had bought Japanese equities and did not hedge the currency, basically your performance would be uh, a lot weaker. And the Nikkei in US dollar terms basically is still 11% below the highs of 2021. So we have a bit of, I have to admit, a bit mixed feeling from the technical side. On one side, for local investors or let's say Asian investors, we recommend strongly to stay invested in uh, Japanese um, equities and have preference there. Nevertheless, for global investors, we are a bit cautious in the sense that um, basically there has never been a sustainable bull market where you can manage to pop up your equity market by devaluing strongly your currency. So it would be a first in history. So we are a bit cautious. Okay. Just lastly, a question on yields. So the 10-year US Treasury yield has been rising. Your thoughts here, where do you see the resistance level and where do you think yields are heading? Well, basically, we still think this is a corrective move. We still think this is a consolidation in a downtrend. So as long as Treasury yields stay below 440, 450, you would basically expect that uh, we will retest the lows of this year. And so basically that the trend from uh, last October remains down. Very good. Thank you very much, Menzo, for the update. Thank you, Helen. So that is all for today. Thank you again to my guests and thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you like to listen on. And do join us again tomorrow when I'll be back and talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great start to the week, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer, we would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.